Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Amanda. And I'm Nicola. And in today's episode, we'll be speaking to a social entrepreneur and higher education specialist at the University of Cambridge. She is focused on the humanitarian sector and is dedicated to refugee well-being, empowerment and education. Having been selected as the United Nations Women Delegate in the UK, her passion for languages, cultures and volunteering helps her motivate and grow her social enterprise. Our guest today has built this platform to enable women who are in a vulnerable position to shop for free through their catalogue of gifted women's clothes and accessories. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce Sol Escobar, founder of Give Your Best. Thank you so much for joining us, Sol. How are you today? Hi, Nicola and Amanda. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm very excited to be here because I have listened to pretty much every single episode of your podcast and I have found it very, uh, very informative and very useful for me. So, yes, I'm excited to be here. That's great. It's a pleasure to have you and we're glad to know that you're one of the fans. So let's just <laughs> first question. Um, could you just tell us a little bit more about Give Your Best and why you chose this name as well? Yes, actually, the story of Give Your Best's name is an interesting one because I had the idea of what I wanted to do roughly um, with Give Your Best. And I just wanted to put it out there to see if it was something that could work. And I just I said on social media, this is an idea that I have, but, you know, I would like to have some help. So if anyone wants to see where this could go let me know and I had two women who I didn't know reach out to me and be like oh we love that let's uh let's see how that goes and so we had you know a Friday night meeting over Zoom a few glasses of wine and uh and we started brainstorming ideas for names and so we were all saying names and I was checking to see if the Instagram handle was taken or not (laughs) And, and we were all thinking okay what is it we want to you know something to do with empowerment and people you know giving their best and that's kind of where it sort of started and it wasn't me it was actually another one of our very long-term volunteers Georgia who said oh what about give your best and so I checked on Instagram and giveyourbest.uk was available and we thought well let's go with it and we we said as I hear a lot of founders say you know let's go with this name and if it doesn't work we'll change it later never did it worked really well everyone loved it and so here we are uh seven months later and we have become give your best Absolutely. I love that so much. And I guess for anyone that doesn't really know much about Give Your Bets, could you just give us a little bit of background about what it is and what you do? Yeah. So Give Your Best, we're a nonprofit and we offer an online platform where women who are refugees can shop from our catalogue of donated clothes for free. So the community of shoppers that we have, they either have refugee status, many of them are still seeking asylum, perhaps they're destitute or have no uh, recourse to public funding. So what we want to do is to be able to give back choice and agency, so for them to actually choose the clothes that they want to wear that fit them, that fit their style, because regardless of our status, um, our legal immigration status, you know, we all have a fashion sense and we all want to feel good in what we wear. So we want 
you know, just one item of clothing at a time to start kind of restoring that sense of, of agency. Absolutely. And, you know, this is something that is obviously something so dear to your heart as well. But I can imagine it was it must have been fairly difficult balancing this. Give your best with your work life as well, with so much uncertainty from the current economy. You know, you've got the pandemic, you've got the, you know, uh, social distancing, so many different things happening at the same time. So why did you decide to start this during the course of the pandemic? Yeah, it's very interesting when I think about it, because I started it because of the pandemic, really, because I have been volunteering in the, you know, humanitarian and refugee support field for a few years, but it's always been very personable and always been, you know, traveling to the north of France, to Calais, to support communities there or here, even locally in Cambridge. I used to go to people's houses to kind of help them navigate different systems or teach English or whatever. And whenever all of that came to a halt, I felt so frustrated that I was unable to reach people and to actually, you know, go and support them that you know it took me a few months to kind of think what else can we do and as we kind of started adapting also at work and realizing okay I can do everything from home but at the same time I have the flexibility of being at home and being able to you know work until 10 at night as I do pretty much every day if I need to and I think that if I hadn't had that flexibility, I probably wouldn't have been able to start Give Your Best. Because if I had to be at the office the whole day, I wouldn't be able to fit things around my work as easily as I do now. And so started because I had the time of the flexibility, but also because there was such a need to be able to support people online but also with items such as clothing that were lacking during the time of lockdown because charity shops were closed, because a lot of charities had to stop that in-person distribution of, of clothing and other items. So, so this is basically why I thought, you know, we could do something online where items go from person to person without necessarily needing to be in person. Um, and yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, that's great. I really like that the flexibility of the pandemic, obviously being a difficult thing, allowed you to create something so special that's, you know, having such a great impact. But obviously along that time, given there was a pandemic in the world, were there any very specific or notable obstacles that you faced that you'd be able to share with us? Yes, there certainly have been. I mean, at a personal level, the major obstacle is that I've never done anything like this before, that I don't come from a entrepreneurial background that I don't have studies in you know I don't have business studies or you know I've done since since I started thinking that this is something that I wanted to do I started you know doing as many courses online as I possibly could to learn as much as I possibly can listen to as many podcasts as possible and that's why I've binge listened to all of your episodes as well I find that listening to the journeys of other founders are incredibly useful as well and so that has been one huge barrier for me because I have you know a really big drive to do this and to want this to succeed and to you know help 
and reach as many people as possible but then at the same time I kind of wonder every step of the way am I doing the right thing because I don't have that background so that that has been a big issue but I try to overcome it every day and I think that you know the more that we actually do what we do I realize that I can ask for help and there are lots of people that are incredibly qualified that are now in our team of volunteers and we have a, an amazing community of women that are working really hard to make give your best happen and then of course within the pandemic because it's been so difficult to reach people because of the tech divide as well a lot of you know the community that we support are disadvantaged in so many different ways but obviously tech is also one of them and so because we're entirely online we don't want the fact that we're online to be a limiting factor for people to be able to access what we do so we have been working very hard to try to find ways around that and bridging those gaps as well so we have even though we we deal primarily with clothes we have collected a lot of secondhand uh, laptops and phones that we have then sent out to our community we try to work closely with other charities that are supporting that community as well so that for example they can register people on their behalf and you know use um laptops alongside with them to try to to help them uh, shop etc so we are constantly overcoming obstacles certainly like on a daily basis which (laughs) i'm sure is quite common for entrepreneurs no absolutely and i think even, even the fact that you've been so honest and said that you're actually constantly overcoming obstacles, you know, entrepreneurship comes with its battles as much as it is great. It, it does come with its obstacles and there are things that you will face that you don't necessarily know how to overcome. Yeah. And, and also, I think, you know, for me, I feel incredibly privileged that I was able to have a job that allowed me to work from home throughout the pandemic when so many other people had to worry about their daily survival. I actually had that already and that's why I kind of felt like I should use that time to you know since I had that covered that I could use that time to do something beyond it. Absolutely and I know a little bit earlier you actually you mentioned that you know you're giving back this these women their sense of fashion you know something that we actually all undermine or we don't really acknowledge is something that is that helps to empower us especially as women so is this something that you did intentionally when you I guess developing give your best and how do you plan to keep this as like a core value for the social enterprise? You mean in terms of clothing as well? Yeah. I think that it all started with a conversation that I had with women who is still unfortunately seeking asylum and we were over summer we were we were talking and uh, you know finding ways in which we could support her. This was before starting Give Your Best but I was volunteering through other organizations and you know through these chats that I had with her over the phone realizing that there were already they have such limited options but with pandemic it was even more limited and seasons were changing and you know she didn't have access to getting any clothes and I remember saying that I wanted to send her a whole bunch of clothes that I had from myself and other friends but then I I also didn't want to send her just a whole bunch of random items you know I wanted her to actually choose the ones that she wanted and so that's when I kind of offered you know if I take some photos of this these clothes and I put them on Instagram we 
you and your and your housemates like to choose what you want and then I'll I'll send you those items and I remember her saying oh you know don't go through all that trouble don't worry we're not in a position to refuse anything that you give us and I think that that conversation that I had with her really had an impact on me because I remember thinking that you know she and other women in her situation have been through a system that is so designed to strip you of any autonomy and of any dignity that even after you receive your refugee status you're still going to carry with you that sense of I'm only worth what people give me rather than my own choices and already you know I don't want to generalize but already for a lot of women including myself it's quite difficult sometimes to assert your own decisions and your own choices and I thought you know is there anything that we can do even through clothing to try to empower rather than just you know give something away but give an option away rather than an item you know and I did you know I didn't know if that was going to work or not or it was just very idealistic of me to think that that could make a difference but I think that now seeing people who started shopping with us you know six months ago that came to us looking for something essential that they needed to stay warm in winter and with us encouraging them to yes shop what is essential but also shop what makes you feel good and you know seeing people evolve from getting only the thing that they absolutely needed to getting a dress because it's pretty even though they might not wear it straight away and then sending us a photo of them you know just wearing it around the house being like oh it makes me feel so good to have nice clothes it's just you know kind of like seeing that evolution is kind of what we wanted to achieve so so yeah so we're definitely gonna keep that as the center of, of what we do That's amazing. I love that it's something that people see as simple as your fashion, but it gives one person in that position so much empowerment and control over what they actually want. And I really like that that's what you focus on. And obviously within being a social enterprise, you obviously have a team supporting you. And I know they are volunteers, but because of the nature of the platform, obviously you need to be very flexible onto their needs. But at the same time, you obviously require some sort of commitment. How have you been able to manage both of them? And currently, what does the team at Give Your Best look like? Yes, the team at Give Your Best is one of my favourite things about Give Your Best because they are such an amazing team of women. It's one of the best things to come out of the pandemic, to be honest. And they really have kept me going through this very difficult year as well. So currently we have about 55 women in the team. We happen to all be women simply because we get so much interest from women, not necessarily because we don't you know, taking anybody else. So we grew massively in this past seven months from three people to over 50. And we have developed different teams within uh, the organization as well. We have our big team uh, of volunteers who do the operational side of it and processing uh, donations and orders and liaising with both parties. We have a big team for comms and social media, which is something that is very important for us to raise awareness of what we do, but also to raise awareness of the community that we are supporting and their story. And then we have a lot, uh, several other smaller teams as well that are doing things like fundraising and developing our tech and, you know, planning the future of where we're going. And we're all volunteering our time. And I think that because everyone is gifting their time to us, it is very important for me that one, they are doing something that they're interested in and that they're passionate about. And also that we are 
flexible as an organization because you know there are volunteers that one week are have a lot of availability and maybe the next week they don't and that's fine even though we do require a minimum commitment of time we also want to be flexible for people with their time but also with their ideas um i feel like because we are at the very beginning of what we're doing we're all incredibly open to just coming up with ideas and trying different things and see what works and that's really how everything that we have done and we have achieved has come from people having amazing ideas in the team and us going let's try it out and see what happens and some have worked and some have not environment but also it's just such a lovely team of people you know um that we all hang out online every day basically um and actually I met for the first time in person three four of the original volunteers uh last weekend for my birthday which was a very very special occasion and the best present I could have had and we also have in the team several women from the community that we support as well that are very much involved in everything that we do and for us that's very important for a few reasons they've been involved since the very beginning and we're very adamant that they continue in our journey because we want to make sure that what we're developing is actually fit for the community that we are developing for. You know, we also want to give opportunities for women in that community to develop their own skills and to bring what they have, you know, to offer to what we are doing. And women who are still seeking asylum, they are not allowed legally to work but they are allowed to volunteer so we try to offer as much support as possible in other ways that aren't monetary retribution for their time so you know things like wi-fi or laptops or things like that so that they can volunteer with us and I think that you know it has been lovely as well for us to know that, you know, they really want to be involved in also giving back to the same community that they're a part of and, you know, wanting to to help us achieve what we want to achieve. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great team. Absolutely. And I think what was really powerful uh, for me anyway about what you said is that, you know, even though they are volunteering, they still have to enjoy what they do. They have to find purpose and value in what they do as well. So it's almost like, you know, the many entrepreneurs in their own right, you know, and give your best. But have you ever sort of found that when dealing with vulnerable people, it is, is a huge responsibility. So how do you sort of manage this depending on the needs of both the, the shopper and the sender? It, um, just in terms of privacy, in terms of protection, like what, what is your sort of experience in that? Yeah, we, this is something that we are improving on all the time, because, you know, we are constantly getting feedback from both sides and adapting what we do to make it as efficient as possible, but also as safe as possible. We have a safeguarding officer in our team who is a a social worker with people seeking asylum. And, uh, you know, we have develop our systems to be able to safeguard people as much as possible so practically the decision of how much information they share is entirely with the people who are shopping so it's completely their decision whether they want to share their address with only with give your best and hence any item that is 
that's being sent to them goes via one of our volunteers or some of them are very happy to share the address with the donor directly in which case we do share obviously we have a whole process in which uh, donors do agree to not divulge the information but also sometimes if the shopper perhaps doesn't have a fixed address or simply doesn't want to share any information with anybody that's 100% fine the only thing that we ask is what city they are located and roughly what area and then we find a sort of neutral either um, place of worship or food bank or other charities where we can ship the items and they can pick them up these are the ways the three different options that we found are the most suitable for that community based on their own feedback and on the volunteers that we have from that community and you know we continue to try to do all we can to keep people safe obviously we do have certain policies within our organization that for example anyone staying uh, anyone that's staying in a hotel because they have been placed there by the home office all of their items come through us because you know we don't want to divulge that kind of information so yeah so we keep we keep working on that of course but we do tend to develop quite a close relationship as well with the women that are shopping shopping with us because we're in contact with them every day so they do ask us for help in other areas and we try to you know get as much information for them as possible about other organizations that might be able to help them and other ways in which we can support them and all of our volunteers especially in the operations team which is the one who are in touch with our community the most we try to support them as well to for them to know that we're there if they need us you know if they just need to to chat sometimes or they need help with anything else and yeah, I, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I haven't heard from this person or this person in a while. And I'll just send them a message or an email just to check if they're okay. And, you know, you kind of, you do sort of become attached and you, you feel responsible for their well-being as well. But in a way, I kind of, I do like that about what we do as well. That is quite, you know, personable and they share so much of, you know, what they are going through as well, that a lot of the time we also want to highlight what they are going through as well, because a lot of people don't actually know from the people who are going through it. You know, they only read it on the newspaper, but that's not the voice of the person that actually has the lived experience. So that's why, for example, we've started a series of blogs, which are interviews with the women from our community to highlight their stories and you know, we want to also empower the lived experience as well. In a way, that kind of makes social media perfect for this platform. I mean, you know, a way to kind of inform people, inspire them, you know, show them what the reality of the situation actually is. And I guess it almost, you know, you're, you're not just giving people or women free clothes, you're actually helping them along their journey. And I think that's, that is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we are. I really do hope so. I think I see Give Your Best a bit more as a as a mediator, as a liaison between a community who has clothes that they want to donate in or gift, as we like to call it, um, in a more meaningful way and sustainable way. And, you know, a community who could benefit from being able to choose what they want to wear and also in creating that connection between the two 
women, the one sending their clothes and the one receiving it, because also for the people donating or gifting their clothes, to know that there's another woman on the other side of the package who's their same size and has their same fashion sense, but lives in a completely different reality, sometimes within the same city, is quite powerful in terms of, you know, to use a quite cliche expression, humanizing the refugee crisis, because a lot of people, the only perception that they have is what they read in the news. And, you know, knowing that actually it's real people and real women who have a fashion sense and deserve to wear beautiful clothes really humanizes that side of it. And also at the same time for the community that we're supporting, you know, we've had women from that community telling us that um, until they started receiving items from, you know, women donating them with notes of support and, you know, putting so much effort into the packages and making them into beautiful gifts and all of that, you know, they didn't know that they were welcome here and they didn't know that people wanted them here because also for them, the only thing that they see is what's on the news and what is online, which a lot of the time is not very supportive of that community. And so it's very important, I think, for both sides to know that the other side is there. And we kind of are really just trying to be that connection between um, the two communities. So, yeah, so we're hoping that is working. Yeah, I think it's great that you take it more to a personal level where you're building a connection with everybody or not everybody, as many of them as you can, these refugees, and you probably don't realize or you and everybody else in your team that how much you're actually contributing to them sort of overcoming some of the personal things that they're going through just by talking through their daily life. Obviously, once they get comfortable with you, the fact that they have that space to do that more than just, okay, we're getting some clothes from you, I think is really, really lovely. And I've spent some time obviously on your website, having a look around at stuff. And I really love what you do. And I came across the topic of donation waste. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about donation waste as well as how give your best attempts to minimize the contribution to this issue, because I think it's something that exists quite, you know, greatly in general or within the UK, but it's not really talked about. So I'd love mm -hmm. to hear a little bit more about your thoughts. Yeah, and that's actually a very interesting characteristic of our organization as well. The fact that we kind of sit at an intersection of several different issues one being fashion waste and sustainability or donation waste as well another one being empowerment and another one being refugee rights and so what we want to do as well is as a platform that for example puts information out there on social media or on our blog where we now have quite a few articles is that if someone comes to us because you know they're interested in the sustainability side of it that's great but maybe stay and learn a little bit more about refugee rights and about empowering women um, but if someone comes through us because they want to support the refugee community that's great but maybe come and stay also and read and learn a little bit more about the sustainability side and the fashion waste side of it so we try to put out information about all of the, these different uh, topics and issues and we have a few in-house researchers on the side of sustainability and also on the side of refugee rights who put out information. And in terms of donation waste, it's, it's mainly my experience that a few years volunteering with organizations that receive donations to give to people um, who are refugees or seeking asylum, I have seen firsthand the huge percentage of items that are sent to organizations which are actually not fit for purpose and so that happens a lot as well when people donate to charity shops and I think that 
a lot of people don't really know that only about 10% of what is donated is actually ends up being sold, but a lot of the rest either ends up in, in landfill or is sold um, abroad, etc. And so I think that one of the really interesting and good things that we're doing as well is that each item that is being gifted and that is being sent on is actually going to the person who is going to wear it because they've chosen it and because they like it. And so it's it's kind of perpetuating that circularity and the life of the garment without the the possibility of it ending ending up in landfill at least not for a good for more years um and so us you know it's as important for us as well that we highlight the sustainability side of what we do as well absolutely i think that's that's very powerful so even as alongside the personal journeys of these refugee women you're actually concerned about the sustainability of it too so targeting both ethical and sustainable issues i mean i'd really like to know from you because we've spoken a lot about personal journeys is was there any particular comment or feedback that's helped to pivot um, your organization as to what it is today yes we we get feedback lovely feedback on a very regular basis that really sort of energizes the whole team in what we do so we you know in our team slack we have a channel that is to share kind of you know lovely feedback and comments and messages that we receive which I think is very important for us to kind of keep bringing us back to the core of what we do um but also I think that for us something that has been highlighted for me is as well the amazing community that we have managed to form in such a small period of time which you know is so important in different ways because without the community of supporters that we have we wouldn't have any clothes to put on our free shop and so that is very important for us to be able to foster more as well but also you know, the community of women that are registered to shop with us, which we have over 450 now, learning more about their experiences as well has been really important. And we did have an instance um, a few months ago when, where one of our volunteers who has recently received refugee status, she was abroad for a medical consultation and her passport was stolen and her passport had her refugee visa and the it turned out that the cost to replace it so that she could just come back to the UK was really high. And at the moment, she didn't have the fees. It was over £400. And I think that for her to be able to reach out to us and, you know, ask for help and for us to put it on social media and literally in less than 24 hours, people had donated enough money for us to be able to cover the cost of you know her visa etc I think it really highlighted the importance of having that community and being able to have people that you can rely on to you know support the women that that might need it I think that 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 was quite a nice moment where I realized you know oh well, actually people are ready to to step up and help out when when we need them so yeah that's great and obviously as give your best starts to grow now there's so many plans you probably have in the future it grew so exponentially in a very short period of time but is there anything in particular now that you're looking on developing within the business and how exactly do you aim to do this if you could tell us a little bit more about that yes we have a lot of ideas and big dreams of things that we want to do with Give Your Best because, you know, we realise that there is actually no one else out there that is doing what we do. So we really would like for this to 
you know, to become a bit of a norm because, you know, we all have so much stuff that we don't use. And there is also a big proportion of the population, be it the refugee, the refugee community or other communities that can't afford them. So I think that in the way that, for example, food waste and being able to, you know, recycle food by giving it to your neighbors now has become something that is done a little bit more. Why not do it with clothing? So some of the things that we are working on are first and foremost our own web shop that is fit for purpose because at the moment we continue doing everything through Instagram and that feeding onto our website which is so far the only way that we have found to do it because the pre-existing um, e-commerce or marketplace platforms are not quite as secure as we would like them so we have a small team of volunteers that are currently working on developing something that resembles as much as possible a shopping experience and that is a lot more effective in what we are doing than doing it completely manually as we are doing it at the moment. So that's our first step to be able to also scale the number of people that we are able to support, but also the number of clothing items that we can that we can process because at the moment we have a, a big backlog of hundreds of items that we have to uh, process so that's one of the big projects that we're working on but also we are in the process of talking to different brands as well sustainable brands we had one we still have one partnership with a sustainable brand as well that is currently ongoing which is really great as well to see you know, brands being interested in championing the the right for women in that community to have beautiful clothes, you know, and to have a chance to choose what they want to wear. So one of those campaigns is with Laura Jean, who, you know, we ha had a, a beautiful photo shoot with one of our volunteers. And, you know, they're offering discounts for people to donate clothes to us, etc. So it's for us, I think that is also very important to kind of create those partnerships with clothing brands who, you know, we would like in the future to become a solution for sort of the, the end of life stage of a garment. So we kind of feel that in terms of sustainability, it's quite established now for brands to talk about where the garments come from and to be responsible for sourcing sustainable uh, materials, etc. But there's there aren't a lot of brands who worry about what happens after the item gets sold or what happens with the leftover stock etc so we kind of want to be able to come in there and offer a solution for their customers to recycle their clothes through our free shop or for their overstock to be recycled via our free shop and basically just offer it to people who can't afford to buy it so we are working on that as well. Well, it looks like you have so many big plans coming up and I'm wishing you the best of luck for all of them. Thank um, you. That's okay. Um, and I was going to say, so every, well, people listening to this podcast today are usually people who aim to start a business or who are currently trading already and just need that extra boost to leverage themselves. So is there one piece of final advice you'd give for anyone who actually wants to start something like Give Your Best or just start a business in general? What would this be? Um, I don't want to pretend that I am a business person by giving business advice to people because I am really not. So maybe I'll leave the business, like the proper business advice for people that know a bit more about it. But in terms of starting a non-profit, 
from a place of wanting to solve an issue or to support a specific community. I would say two things that are sort of contradictory, but one is go for it. And the other one is also make sure that you know the issue that you are wanting to either, you know, solve or the community that you are trying to support because I think that in order for an organization to succeed in what they're doing, you have to 100% keep in mind who you're doing it for. And in our case, you know, I do have those connections in the refugee community because I've been volunteering with that community for a long time. And they're part of our organization and part of what we do. And I don't think that we would be able to do what we do without that, you know, that connection and without knowing that what we're doing is is right for them. So doing it because I think that it's very necessary for people to, for business to be able to offer more than just a service or offer more than than an item you know to to do it for good like business for good should become should become a norm really because there's no reason not to do good at the same time as as having a business so yeah that would be my advice well thank you so much and um where can they find you um forgive your best if they wanted to get in contact or to even donate yeah, so we have our website, which is giveyourbest.uk. We are very active on social media, especially on Instagram, where we put out a lot of information about not only what we do, but predominantly about sustainability and about the refugee community. So I would say our website is the best place. Uh, we have an entire web page that explains how what the process of donation is like to submit items. So yeah, that is the best place to find information about what we do and if people are interested in volunteering with us as well which uh, we are always looking for new volunteers we're in the process of updating our vacancies page they can also have a look there and send us an email and a lot of the time even if you can't see the skill that we are looking for there we have a lot of volunteers who have just pitched what they can do to us send us an email saying I love what you do this is what I can do and I think we can add to your organization and you know we have about five to ten volunteers that join us by doing that so we're more than open to ideas that people might have to collaborate with us so well that's amazing it's been so nice to hear about something different that's having such a great impact and that's also so necessary I guess it's something that once you hear about give your best you're like why wouldn't we have something like this to give these women the opportunity to choose their clothing so just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your story and for being on lost and founded today with amanda and i we look forward to hearing more and following you and your journey with give your best thank you so much both it's been so lovely to to chat to you thank you this has been the lost and founded podcast if you liked this episode make sure to head over to instagram and let us know how you found it at lost and founded pod With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now and we'll see you next week.